again and welcome everyone to the third TA playlist. This is the June 2017 playlist. We previously done Alan Wake and Darksiders and this time we are doing Sunset Overdrive. I'm Kevin aka Yuri Dace, one of the three hosts that has been here and we've also got Mark aka Not Penny's Boat. Hello. And then we've got Will who's uh oh god. I'm change my he's, name uh, tag. <laughs> he's, he's, he's Bruce, Bruce Wayne 1007. Nope. So, <laughs> Son of a bitch. nope. Very close, but no. <laughs> Hi guys. I had to be loud. Wake some people up, man. How y'all doing? <laughs> So, in case you've been sleeping under a rock, the TA playlist is a monthly game club where everyone on TrueAchievements.com gets together and plays a game. This month, like I said, it was Sunset Overdrive, so everyone's been giving their feedback throughout the month. We've even had a session set up to try to play with everyone that wanted to join in the multiplayer, and, you know, hopefully, you know, we got some good discussion, and today's podcast will be a good discussion as well. <laughs> So this game was published by Microsoft, uh, developed by Insomniac back in October of 2014. It's actually one of the first Xbox One exclusives, and it's also uniquely only one of a few Xbox exclusives that are still actually exclusive. Most of them have made the jump over to PC. There's still Halo 5, where we play a few others, but this is one of an elite few that are not available on any other platform, which is kind of interesting. So good for Insomniac. It came out in 2014, like I said, and then also last year in 2016, it was Games with Gold title. So a lot of people have definitely had a chance to play this. I think it's got over 100,000 players on TA. Hopefully it will have been a good month. Moving forward, first I want to talk about our expectations with the game. And I will say for mine, at least, I'd already played this game right when it came out. It was one of my favorite games of 2014, which is why I'm hosting this playlist instead of Mark in the first place. You know, mix it up. I really, really love this game and I, I will talk about it at length, but I want to hear what you guys thought about it as well coming into it. I first played it when they released a free trial maybe two years ago. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, kind of like ReCore has now, where you can earn some achievements and you can play part of the game. They want you to buy it at the end. I didn't buy it at the end, though. I actually didn't care for it too much at that time. And then it went games with gold last year. So last summer, I decided I'd finally play it extensively and actually enjoyed it a lot more. And I'll, I'll be showering it with a lot of praise in this episode as well. I, I ended up liking it a lot more. Than, than I anticipated and to another level when we replayed it this month like it I don't know my fondness for it just kept growing every time I went back to it I bought this game on launch and I initially paid full retail I don't know I think I played like a level and I kind of gave up I don't know why I got annoyed with the art style at first but that changed as I played the game obviously for TA playlist I have a lot of praise for this game it's just interesting to think that at first I kind of got annoyed by it because it looked so I want to say different or just like in your face. I'm glad that I had a chance to really play it because my first impression was not what I expected to be my overall impression of the game, if that makes sense, guys. I, I think it does, and I think that's actually been a lot of people's experience with it, and I've got a theory for why that is, at least in part, we can talk about in the gameplay section. But first, let's move on to the story. <laughs> Last month, if anyone listened to, well, several of you did, <laughs> those of you who listened to the Darksiders Hopefully. episode, uh, <laughs> you know that I kind of threw it to Kevin to give us a quick synopsis of the story and that wasn't scripted and he just off the top of his head he gave what I thought was a brilliant and succinct and surprisingly quickly paced synopsis of the story so if people liked that you can let us know but we're going to try it again here this time Kevin's been made aware that I was going to do this so 
Let's just don't worry. I, I did not prepare for it, so okay. it's still off the top of my head. Cool. Yeah, so right, that, that's no worry. Also, I, I'm now blushing. So, Wing it, man. <laughs> so thank you, Mark. You know, so, yeah, it feels, kinda, feels really good. <laughs> yeah. So we'll call this uh, Kevin explains it all. This will be a, a new segment we'll, we're going to test the waters with. So well, let's throw it to Kevin. He can this, quickly give us the, this the is, story run. Yeah. This is what's going to make me famous. So <laughs> I, I hope you guys you guys know the gravity of this this thing. So Sunset Overdrive is about you, and I think you work in like a movie theater or something. I don't know. You're, you're like a low wage worker and Fizco releases a new soda code overcharge that turns everyone into mutant killers with no mind except for for more overcharge and the whole city goes to hell and everything's awful except you manage to survive with a few other survivors and you go and you you basically meet people and help them out to try to get them to give you something. At first you're talking to this one old dude who's built a helicopter car that can fly out except you knock it off of a bridge and then you have to go and help fix it and you move on that doesn't work out you meet tons of new different people like larpers and boy scouts and girl scouts and weird death cheerleaders <laughs> with uh, mexican themes in the end you know you you realize that you aren't a selfless bastard and you know save the day by destroying fizco until they see overcharge fly away into the sunset so that's that's the game right there very and, well done uh, that was two for two yeah <laughs> I like it. I need like theme music for him now. So next time when he does it, it just gets more amped up. <laughs> yeah, we need we need some of this like epic heroic music. So we just need some of those. Any anyway. So what what did you guys think about the story? Given that the story was never intended to be the focal point, I think it does pretty well in capturing the mood while sort of always remaining secondary to the gameplay, which is clearly like the the main course of Sunset Overdrive. I think it was more about getting that kind of zany over the top action, but I can't complain in terms of story because it wasn't something I expected nor something that I wasn't entertained by or just kind of like chuckled about so in terms of story yeah it was great for me at least there was moments where i kind of got frustrated but that's just because i saw potential and i don't think it was seized i guess my main point is that yeah it's a story but that's not what you want to focus on to really be entertained by the game i'm gonna have to disagree with that i think that the story actually <laughs> actually was one of the focal points of the game uh, now don't get me wrong it wasn't meant to be taken seriously and if that's what you guys meant by that then definitely I agree with you there. But the whole game is it basically has this identity of this is really crazy and awesome. You know, I, I think that the story works really well towards that and all of its little parts, while nothing is is outstanding, it's not a throwaway story either. The game needed it there and it needed to be it needed it to be as good as it was. If it was actually if it had no effort put into it, it would have made the game a lot less fun. There were lots of little jokes all the time. There were great characters that were fun to interact with, and I think that that is really what sets it apart and makes the story worthwhile and also important. I, I also love about it all the pop culture references, you know, and the humor of it because, I mean, those kind of go hand in hand, but like they did a lot of meta humor where they were they were poking fun at itself or, or video games as a whole. One of, one of my favorite parts early on was when you had to grind on the rails and, and knock those valves loose to drain that, that area that was overflowed with, I think it was just water, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I figure it was either water or overcharge. You know, you do it once and then and the, the narrator tells you to do it again. And then after that time, the, the narrator's like, you are familiar with the rule of three, aren't you? And it's so funny. I've pointed that out to my fiance before when I'm playing games. Like you have to kick down a door or something. I'm like, watch, it's going to take three times. And like, it's, it is such a trope in, in video games where <laughs> you're going to do something three times over before you're done doing it. And I just right, 
a way that that's kind of what captured me less the plot line and more just a lot of the jokes and, and things like that I mean actually Periodic RX from the forums commented on he kind of echoed the same sentiment he said I love all the pop culture references and many of them will be unrecognizable as the game ages Game of Thrones Star Wars and even Arrested Development are all represented as a huge Arrested Development fan I have to say I particularly love that part as well when they make the uh, always money in the banana stand joke which is the most famous line if anyone's seen the show and about midway through the game I'd say they reference that I just thought that was so cool I have to say, in terms of the, the comedy and the writing of it, that's what kept me entertained. Not so much the story, just the comedy that got me through it. Because the whole pop culture references, like you mentioned, it, it was great. And the comedy of the game, you can't deny it. It was clever. It was extremely immature, but clever. That's not yeah, a bad thing to say, because I would say I'm the king of immaturity. And I would say profanity, <laughs> but you guys don't know that. It's just so funny. Like, when you saw the random respawn animations, and it was just hilarious to me. Granted, it got a little repetitive, because, you know, I died a lot. I'm stupid. But seeing those every time always put a smile on my face. And I can see where like more seasoned gamers may have had a moment where they had an intense eye roll or two because the comedy may have not appealed, but they may not be that demographic. Hey, who is that? Ah! <laughs> he didn't have an icon dealy thing on his head, so am I supposed to chase him? But I guess that's the purpose of Sunset, really, just to be completely ridiculous in terms of comedy. Yeah, I... I think I definitely agree with all of those points. I want to highlight especially what Mark said with all the, I guess, you know, fourth wall breaking stuff yeah. directly in relation to video games. I normally hate fourth wall breaking stuff completely, but every time they did it here, I really did enjoy it. You know, there's one that I remember where he's talking to uh, Las Katrinas. Well, you're, the main character is talking to Las Katrinas and, you know, they're, they're saying, you know, no, we're not going to help you. And he's like, you know, what if I go and, and do some favors for you? And they're still like, no, that's not going to work. He's like, no, trust me. This is how it works. I go and do favors for you. And then you trust me and <laughs> you right, help yeah. me. Okay, here's how this is going to go. First, I'll run some errands for you. Then you'll like me. And then you'll help me. Not going to happen. Trust me. Works every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so, because... It's not only true in Sunset Overdrive, but it's also true in basically every game. And I just, you know, I, I just thought it was great. And I also love at the very beginning, this is my favorite part in the entire game where, you know, the they've just gotten back to the old man. I don't remember what his name is. I don't know. Maybe one of you do. Oh, but it's on the stuff. It's, it's something it exactly so. A character story. <laughs> I feel like it's a Buck. His name might be something corporate no, Buck or something. Not, it's not Buck National. Oh, the, that Buck National did have my favorite joke, though. <laughs> but it's they basically you go back and you you got the last part and he's installing it into the helicopter car for the first time and then some while he's installing it on the edge of this bridge or this overpass, uh, the ODs start turning around. So your character turns around and shoots them and they're like yeah you know i'm a badass it's thankfully i'm here and then it turns out that you've actually knocked the car off of the overpass when you turn oh you're talking about walter yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i just thought that part was was hilarious (laughs) and (laughs) i i don't know I, i i thought at the very beginning of the game that is actually what hooked me in on it and got me to really you know say this is something i think i'm really gonna like you know it's funny because you mentioned walter didn't you feel like they kind of threw him under the bus like he was there for all the five minutes. I I mean, you know, there's there's some heaviness to this story because oh, Walter does come die. On. No one cared about his death. He, I didn't care. No, no, no. Did I, you cry? I cared. He ran into an invisible wall to save you. Oh my god! And that, 
<laughs> no, don't it's, even do that to me. Be- listen, the characters that they had were nice, but they weren't utilized efficiently. Walter was there for five seconds. Lloyd, the guy who was always helping you, well, more or less the guy who was always behind the damn counter, saying, hey, yeah. we're going to clear this, make sure that no OD get in here. He had potential. I wanted him to become like a companion. Yet he stood his ass right behind the counter doing nothing. <laughs> like nothing He's worthwhile. No, what is he well, supposed to do? Vinter's help me fight. do something, man. And then it got me tight because like I loved like Sam and Forkim because, you know, the characters, they're a little bit. I don't want to say they're stereotypical racial, but they get in there and it's kind of it's comedic. So I like that part. But <laughs> like, you know, you just they have their moments where they have their lines of dialogue and it's good. And like Sam and Forkim, like I was mentioning, like their relationship or whatever the hell they have. It, it was funny for me. I, I, that was a love story. I, kind of. <laughs> I, I feel like that might have been like how Kevin met his fiance. But that's how like the characters <laughs> serve their purpose. I, I can't get mad at it. I just I don't know, man. I, I wish they would. They did something more. There was something that was just mm, that I'm missing. You know. I I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> do, do you get it, Mark? No, I. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a broken record not. with this stuff. I I play everything for story and characters. When the game's telling me I care about, I should care about that sort of thing. But I'll enjoy games that aren't putting those things front and center. And you know, I in both cases, story and character, I never felt like I had to concern myself too much with Sunset. Um, I mean, even the main character, even though it's totally customizable, I thought he or she. I, I played. I actually play any game where I can create my character. I always play as my fiance, as maybe dorky as that is. But so I played as a female. But in no matter who you play as, uh, I thought the main character was pretty good as sort of, uh, I mean, because so often with a customizable character, it's just an empty shell of just an avatar that is talking to everybody. And um, I did like that they went a little bit above and beyond in that regard. But for the most part, this, you know, once you get the hang of the gameplay, which we'll talk about in a little bit, like the story just, for me at least, just takes a back seat that... I wasn't going to be emotionally vested, and I was totally fine with that. <laughs> I think me and Mark are on the same page for the first time ever on limited DVD and video. <laughs> <laughs> well, as far as the main character goes, I actually agree that that was done really, really well. Uh, part of it is probably you know the customization, but even then, it the main character was really easy to relate to, even though they were a creative character, which normally you're right, has almost no personality. You know, the games like mass effect have managed to do it, but other games don't really. And even Bioware's other games like dragon age, none of those main characters ever mean a single thing, Mm -hmm. uh, not even Hawk. So it, and you know, other RPGs have the same issue, but this time they, they really got it right. And it's not, someone I'd normally relate to because this whole world is just ridiculous. <laughs> but there was something about the main character that they always knew to say the right thing. And part of it is just like the main character is often pointing out this is really ridiculous and absurd or this is really awesome. So it you know, goes a long way because I think that's what you're always thinking. So the, the developers use the main character to kind of say what you're thinking. And I thought that that was really clever and it really worked really well. I think that be my voice just gave out. <clears throat> I think because he's a common man, if you think about it, because you're saying you relate to him, and I thought the same thing too, because we've all had crappy jobs we don't appreciate. Uh, hang on, hang on. Are you calling me a common man? You're a common man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's a bit of uh, the fact that he felt like you could relate to him in that sense 
the fact that it broke the fourth wall plenty of times and you were like, yeah, he's thinking exactly what I'm thinking, like you're saying. And he had that little rebelish, like kind of teen, I don't want to say angst, but like teen, like in your face, I think type motive. Like, I think everyone can relate to that because we all go through like phases similar to that. Not saying that we get all rebel and crazy stuff like that, but you know, we tend to, we have moments where we relate. I think I've had moments where I think I'm the smart aleck and in all reality, I'm just not. (laughs) But I've been through the motions and like I can I work crappy jobs. That's what I'm basically saying. I'm repeating myself. Let me shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I will say, what did you guys think was, I guess, your favorite character in the game? Well, let's go with that. I don't know. I guess I just really like the main character because, like I said, for, for me, that was that was my fiance, like bashing in the od and like grinding around the uh the playground area what or the what is it an arcade or something yeah the arcade i guess it's like a chuck e cheese type place i think where the 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 no not the larbers rather the like the, the, prep, the preppy kids hang out right yeah the oxfords yeah oh yeah the oxfords <laughs> yeah <and> I, <laughs> I mean there, there's pretty much any everybody in it was funny uh in their own way i mean some some of them you know, among the certain factions, a few of them just felt kind of samey, but at least with each faction, you knew you were getting like a different archetype and they would have their own sort of sample of jokes to tell and, and humor to deliver. But yeah, I don't know. I Being that I took them in as sort of humorous characters, but not important characters, I kind of just liked just literally just the visual less so even the personality although that was good too but just more so just the visual of watching my fiance ride around in the world it's it's i always get a kick out of that's why i play as her (laughs) what what about you will it was supposed to be floyd but (laughs) he wants to be stuck in the damn behind a desk so can't appreciate him i think the main i even know the villain's name but whoever the hell was the villain I loved him. Fizzy. Izzy. Was the villain. Izzy was the man. Fizzy. Fizzy, Fizzy Izzy, Drizzy, so whatever. Fizzy. <laughs> Fizzy was the man. He <laughs> I'm sorry, just the fact that he you were trying to like actually defeat him and he's just like insulting you and throwing curses all the time. He's like, what the f-? you know, obviously I'm not censoring this, but you know, like he's funny. I found <laughs> he, that hilarious. He is really funny. I like there's there's one part I was just playing random things in the game last night just to to kind of play it some more. And there's one thing he said that I just thought was awesome. And he's like, You're supposed to have lots of oxygen every day, so you should drink overcharge because it's got carbon dioxide, which is twice the oxygen. <laughs> Which is just awesome. And I really can't wait to try to work that into my life someday. You know, referring to Soda, because whoever wrote that isn't my hero. And there was another one with Buck National, actually, where when you first meet him, Buck National, he's got a gun. And so, you know, he says, you know, I've got this gun. And then you're like, no, I've got my own guns. And then it pulls up the weapon wheel as if you're showing it to him, which also was pretty funny. And then he's he's like, but how do I know you can use them? And your main character just says, because I'm American. Listen, I'm not Fizzco. I'm just here to steal computer parts from you. How'd you think you were gonna do that? When I got this here gun. Yeah, I got guns too. Damn. But how do I know you can use them? I'm an American. <laughs> I 
so great. And I, I just thought that was really funny. I was going to say that maybe for Kim might have been my favorite character or the LARPer girl whose name I forgot. I really like both of them. But ultimately, I think I'm going to agree with Mark now that the main character was probably the best character in this game, which is pretty cool. Like I said, especially when a customizable character and because you could totally see it being a silent protagonist and then they would make all sorts of fourth wall breaking jokes about that, you know, and, and those might have worked. But the character wouldn't have been memorable like it, he or she ends up being. On the note of the sort of fun over seriousness, so I, we had a good quote from Chaos Trance in the forums. He or she praised it and then said, for all of those reasons and more, I love this game. After the seriousness of Alan Wake and the tedium of Darksiders, it's nice to play something that doesn't take itself so seriously and lets the player have fun. Beta Sig X20, who's with us every month, I think, <laughs> he said, it's nice that when you die, you respawn, usually in a really fun way, right close to where you died. To me, that shows that the designers wanted to make it challenging, but not frustrating. See, me and Chaos Trans, we're on the same page. See, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Because the main thing I was trying to think, and we I mean, the main thing I was trying to say, and we didn't even cover what we initially voted for, but that's the reason why I voted for Sunset Overdrive. So you can tell simply just by looking at the box art that this was going to be one of those in-your-face type games. And I love it. And you got to keep in mind, so far at Playlist, we've had a pretty serious tone games. Granted, you may disagree with Darksiders, but April was Alan Wake, May was Darksiders. It just felt all dark and so serious. And I feel like we needed a change of pace. And that's why I honestly didn't regret actually voting for Sunset. And, you know, I hated the other options, but that's a whole different thing. <laughs> well, I didn't actually think of that, but that's so true that um, what what you and essentially Chaos Trans have both just said. It, we really were kind of in this dark cloud for the first two months and Sunset's like the sun finally, not just peeking through, but coming through like full blast, like actually it's right like now. the I, polar opposite of yeah. <laughs> And we it's, loved it. No complaints here. Yeah, that's pretty cool to think about. And then what? Oh, next month we go back to, we can get to it later, but... <laughs> Next month, it's back to the, the dreariness, but sunset was a nice uh, call it a vacation. <laughs> it's so short-lived. All right, so let's move on to the gameplay, though, which we've kind of been touching on anyway. Overall, this gameplay, I thought, was really, really perfect for this game. And again, like I said earlier, it's all about just being awesome, really, is what this whole game is about. And everything in the gameplay really, really worked for that really well. I loved moving around. I'm sure everyone else did, too. All the weapons are awesome. And just every little piece came together to make it really fun. So I guess we'll start off. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I, th I think if you can't like this game, if you don't like the gameplay and I, I guess it's weird for me because maybe I didn't get the hang of it right away. Like when I said I played the trial when that was first available and I wasn't really feeling it. So I didn't pursue playing it any further until it was a freebie last year. And I don't know, I, th I think it, it takes a while to get used to that traversal system because it's pretty complex. But also when you we had a ton of feedback, everyone basically saying the same thing where once you get the hang of it, it feels just so damn good <laughs> like and it, it's one of those games that i'll never delete from my hard drive because you can you can just jump back in and just basically kind of like tony hawk just kind of like skate around for a little while or jump and air dash around and it, it just always feels so good once you nail it people are gonna hate me because i have a very odd opinion on the gameplay i enjoyed it but i feel like it gave me adhd this is like the fidget spinners of like xbox exclusive sunset overdrive and i'm, I'm not proud to say that i like the fact that the weapons the weapons made it so much more entertaining like the fact that it's just 
just so damn zany. When you can shoot a freaking teddy bear out of a bazooka and be entertained at the whole time, that's how you know you got an amazing game on your hands. And I can't complain at that. I do have an unpopular opinion when it comes to the movement, though. See, now that's where people may be like, what the hell is this problem? Don't get me wrong. The fast paced action, it's great and I, I like it, but I'm very much accustomed to having boots on the ground type of action. So the fact that I had to grind around like a crazy person in order to really thrive in the game because you, you can't really kill or survive or play the game efficiently unless you're always on the move. Eh, it just didn't sit well with me. I got used to it and it, it never really took away from my experience. And I guess that's the whole purpose of it to have it where it's nonstop crazy, all this stuff happening. There was just times where I kind of wish I could have had a multitude of options. So if I could have been on the floor or on the ground and have my own shoot 'em up action. And then when things get crazy, I just go out and about like it never felt like that. I felt like I had to always be grinding, always on the move. That just didn't sit well with me. Yeah, I think you're definitely right that the game is designed to force you to move. If you're on the ground, the enemies have like pinpoint accuracy and will kill you almost immediately and they don't hit you almost at all if you're moving. So that's part of it. But I, I thought that the movement really added a lot and I think pretty much everyone agrees with that except for you. <laughs> so, I'm always the odd man out, man. <laughs> uh, you, you're not always, but here you are literally the odd man out, the only person ever to not like this oh, <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> I'm getting but bullied. It, <laughs> my favorite part was definitely the movement, but I, I think a lot of people, and like Mark said, you know, when you first start this game, the movement isn't as good. And the reason for that, I think, is because there's you don't have the air dash. Yeah. The air dash adds so much to the movement and the gameplay, and it makes it so much more fun. But for whatever reason, it's locked like a few hours into the game. So a lot of people, they're going to start it, and it's, it's okay. It's pretty fun, but it's missing something. And that's because the entire game is designed around you having air dash, and the game doesn't give it to you. I don't know why the developers did that, but it was a huge mistake and I think it turned a lot of people off to the game the first time through and as soon as they finally got that, I think that's when the game really clicks and it becomes something really special. Yeah, that rings true for me. That's probably what my own turning point was between not liking it in the trial and then giving it a second chance because I then technically owned it as a Games with Gold title. Must have, at that point, I must have I don't recall exactly, but I bet I, I saw it through to the air dash and then it really began to click for me. Kintaris from the forums and he's actually uh, on staff with us. He had a good comment about the physics of the game. He said, what continues to strike me about this game is that it's very tight in terms of its physics. It's quite obviously not realistic, but it obeys its own internal logic to the point where you can jump back in and get in the swing of it within minutes, despite moving away from it for a few months. That's exactly how I felt. You know, I last played it, I think, April or May of 2016, and then we we, we all rejoined it together this month. And, you know, if it was difficult to get used to at first, like a few of us and plenty of others have said it was. I guess once you unlock that air dash and, and really get used to it, it just gives you that little bit of extra room to, to maneuver with so you can make it to that next rail or that next car to bounce off or the next umbrella or whatever it is. Like It, it is strange. It, I guess that's probably the most egregious error that Insomniac made in an otherwise like fantastic gameplay suite where that air dash should have come much much sooner and it, it does seem like an oversight for them to dangle it in front of you and, and, and keep it away for so long. I don't feel like it took away from it though. I, like, I get it. We needed it. It's needless to say because because honestly, if you're trying to do a combo, that air dash saves lives. But I don't know. I thought it was more or less just like or any other progression game. So it's just one of those things like as you play, you unlock, you get a new move. And that's how it goes. If it was there earlier, I don't think if it really took away from it overall and it didn't make it unplayable, but you, you definitely had to learn a way around it. And if anything, I think that's something worthwhile because honestly, I think I had to teach myself how to actually maneuver through the city and understand what works and what doesn't. So that trial and error, it made it very easier when I was able to get the air dash and able to kind of wall grind against buildings.
buildings. Like I felt like I knew what I was doing at that point. So I, I think we're all pretty much on the same page then with maybe Will disagreeing a little bit. Uh, you know, again, just looking up from outside into the warm living room where everyone else is having fun. He's just sitting <laughs> out there in the cold. Screw you! <laughs> He did say one thing that I also want to touch upon a little bit ago, which is about the weapons and how oh, yeah. he said zany, I think, and and they are, and they're just awesome. And I was actually going to use the same example with the T and Teddy, where you know you launch teddy bears strapped with dynamite, but there's all kinds of awesome weapons in this game. You shoot like Roman candles and other types of fireworks that you know burn the enemy and then blow up. You have a vinyl launcher, basically. Oh yeah, um, I hated that weapon so much. Oh my god, I hated that weapon. Like almost every weapon, except maybe the you know laser rifle and the pistol, were just really unique and awesome. The hairspray cannon was like firing off a little massive nuke grenade, which was pretty fun and broken. But uh, which which weapon did you guys like the most? Did you see yourself you know constantly going back to? I used the that, whatever the fireworks one was called. I used that a lot. I used I did use the. Oh, hold on, are you are you talking about the rapid fire one or like the one handed dragon pistol? No, it shot like little like red white and blue rockets yeah I, yeah i think it was like a basically it was like a roman candle launcher yeah yeah i think thing. that's what it was the roman candle i think it was called that actually i was just gonna say that mine definitely was that tnt teddy and whatever that was closest to a shotgun was it was it a shotgun a pistol yeah the flaming compensator yes yeah, that was, literally mm-hmm. saved my life so without that i would not made it through the game thank you for those two weapons <laughs> yeah i really like just all the weapons and my favorite it probably is is the one-handed dragon the other fireworks weapon from the one that Mark liked. And the only negative thing I I will say about them at all, and I don't know if you guys realize this, but if you use the hairspray launcher, which again is the one that fires like grenades and then they'll split off into little mini grenades. If you use that one with the ammo amp that gives you ammo for that weapon type, it's basically unstoppable and kills everything in the game. It's blatantly overpowered Hmm. and kind of broken. I was really disappointed that that existed and that they never patched that out. Normally I, I wouldn't want that kind of thing to be patched out but since there's multiplayer here if you go into multiplayer at the beginning at launch it was really fun everyone was really struggling i remember the downtown defense thing i had a session for like two hours where we all tried to work on a strategy to figure out how to beat this and you know finally did and it felt really great nowadays everyone realizes that the hairspray launcher is broken and i did it yesterday as part of the session we just walked right in and i was just literally kind of almost bored doing the defense that used to be incredibly hard simply because everyone was using that weapon and it just murdered everything. So I was a little disappointed with that. But that's that's probably the only negative thing I have to say about this game at all. And uh, <laughs> overall, I, I really like the weapons and I like the way the movement worked. And then there were a bunch of different enemy types as well. So I thought that, well, let's not get into what I think first. Let, let's hear from you guys some more. What did you guys think about the enemies? I'm trying to think because honestly, they were mostly forgettable to me. The only thing that was really a big deal was the respawner guys or like anyone who's huge and gigantic, like a couple stories. Hell, aside from that, it just pretty much like all meshes it's all the same to me just a, a horde to murder honestly it's not like there was specific like enemy types like they had the robots and the robots i like from physco or whatever they were they were annoying almost i would say mini boss but not really but that was the closest thing we had towards it so i can't really clarify them as anything extreme they just at the end of the day i just felt like i was just shooting stuff and that was content for me it didn't matter who it was or what it was the only big ones that really got to me were the ones that were the pain in the ass which was just spawners because i'm not even paying attention to it and then my tnt um teddy freaking thing i maybe i didn't have enough ammo and i'm like crap 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 need ammo take care of this big bastard so i can freaking go on and progress through the game but that may just be my opinion 
on the topic of the enemies, the um, it's sort of tied into the weapons. One thing that I, I really enjoyed about the game that I didn't anticipate was the level to which you could sort of customize weapons for each enemy type. Like cer certain weapons did dealt more damage against certain enemy types. So you kind of had to, like not only are all the weapons really cool and you kind of already want to cycle through them, even though we all have favorites, but the game demands that you sort of do if you really want to be most effective. Um, like the I think the OD are, are pretty susceptible to the the roman candle at least they seem to be whereas i think it was the robots that were more susceptible to that ricochet gun where you fire the bullets and there's a chance that they come right back to you and yeah i just i thought that was a level of detail that that a game like sunset overdrive i, I guess i wouldn't expect them to do that and they went and did it anyways and it just i don't know just insomniac's really cool for that because they're famous for their weapons you know ratchet and clank they they already became famous in that game for for doing such cool weapons but they kind of took it even a step further in sunset by doing that too. Yeah, I, I definitely will say that I also enjoyed, you know, having to switch up the weapons and that kind of thing. Though I feel like the, and maybe it's just the weapons I like using, but the robots were a pain to fight because nothing I ever liked was useful against them. Mm. So I just had to use random things that I didn't really enjoy using as much. That was too bad. But so I guess I would say that my least favorite enemies were probably the robots. But, you know, I, I really did enjoy fighting everything else, especially the OD, because they just came in hordes and hordes and it's just fun to just demolish all of them and get like a you know a 25 kill streak or something like that almost instantly feels really good yeah i was replaying the some of the buck national challenges i think just yesterday morning or two days ago one of them just sends so many od at you maybe they all do i forget this was buck national challenge number four at you that's actually how i got one of the achievements i got this time that that i fell short of in my original playthrough yeah i actually kind of want to go back and just play it over and over again and maybe even get that fifteen thousand od killed achievement that i'm still lacking because the one i got was just to, to kill the five thousand. i fell like short of that last time and but if, if you replayed that buck national thing i mean it would take several more tries but it would be fun like every time i swear like <laughs> it was just fun to like gr grind above them and do like the that slam attack with the with whatever <laughs> melee weapon you choose and then switch to the weapons and oh man like it's this whole game is just a classic example of like solid well-designed gameplay from top to bottom um you know with the exception of the air dash uh lacking for a while the one last thing and and i do have something to say to that but i'm going to save it for the end the the one last thing i want to focus on before we we kind of start wrapping everything up is the quest structure and what you do and i want to say that here i i didn't like that quite as much simply because a lot of it felt like doing kind of the same thing in some ways so you know you go to a place and it was still fun because the game is just literally just fun to play but what you were actually doing there wasn't always a lot of variety and when that variety was there i don't think it lasted long enough like when you're you're building the band and you get to like jump on the drums and I thought that was really fun and you know a different take on the gameplay but it lasts only a minute or two while you figure out how to do it and then it's kind of over so I, I do wish that there was some more of that but overall you know a lot of it was really fun like when you go and craft the sword or I guess forge the sword for the Las Katrinas or whatever their name is and it's just this badass awesome sword and you get to play with it. it stuff like that really felt really good and there are a lot of moments like that and so that really stands out as, as really good game design to me. It, they didn't just keep it all the same. Well, I would have liked to see even more of it. They did have plenty of it. And overall, I would say that that's a big success. Mm. I don't uh, I don't know what kind of music you guys listen to, but did you enjoy the soundtrack? Or or I feel like you must at least agree that it, it fits like a glove with the rest of the game's aesthetic 
and just its its entire outlook. Like that punk rock soundtrack, it, it works well, even if you don't like it. Would you guys agree? I think, I mean, I definitely agree with that. I think every little piece of this game really works with what they're trying to do. I, I can't say that it was particularly memorable to me, honestly. I've been playing through it this week, and I don't really remember many of the songs other than just random guitar riffs here and there. But it, it definitely, I know when the music was playing that it does add to what you're doing, even if it wasn't a you know a standout part for me. So I, I do agree, though maybe not quite to the degree that you think so. I think the Sunset Overdrive punk rock is sometimes a little more family-friendly than like some other punk rock that's out there. Like, well, I won't even name them, but there, there, there's, you can get a lot more angsty than what Sunset did, but and I also there think... There was no uh, rage against the government or religion. So yeah, that like was... anti, you know, anti-flag is not <laughs> featured on the soundtrack. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think I think if they went that far with it, it, it would be beyond the level that they were seeking. You know, I think they, they picked funny ones. They were sometimes vulgar. There was, there's one song in particular where the chorus is like the, the slogan for Pepto-Bismol. If you guys remember that, I don't know if you remember the song or just the old slogan for Pepto-Bismol. It's just, just really weird punk rock stuff that was sort of of a lighter fare, but it, it, I think it went well with the game because the game was never ultra violent or anything. It was always like colorfully, like fun violent, <laughs> if that doesn't sound too uh, sociopathic, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it was it was the good kind of death. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the good kind of mass murder. Well, I know, so I know you're okay. a, a hip hop uh, fan. Do you, did you like the punk rock music? First of all, I enjoy all genres, but I mostly okay. focused on hip hop. So thank you for that. But <laughs> me and Treasy get along. But <laughs> I feel like it did match. It definitely went with the tone. So it, it, I couldn't complain in terms of that. I keep having that one, I don't line. I don't know where and what song it was. I just have the rhythm like it. It's just stuck in my head. And I feel like there's curses in it, but I didn't notice it just because of the fact that when I'm just skating around doing some crazy stuff, it just kind of matched the vibe. So I can't complain in terms of the soundtrack. I do wish there was a little variety because it did get like very simple in terms of the riffs. And I, I guess that's what the genre is. But there's times where, you know, it goes into... I want to say a little darker, like you guys were mentioning it, like going against Rebel, but I feel like there was moments where they could have at least tweaked it a bit because it just became cookie cutter at a point, but it's still good. Yeah, I, it was it was definitely still good. Yeah, I, I really, I feel like they they had like a clear vision for what, I guess you're, it sounds like you're going to echo that in your conclusions, Kevin, but I think they, they had a, a clear vision for what they wanted this game to be and pretty much from top to bottom, they, they nailed it. And if you're not a fan of it, that's totally fine, but you can't really point to too many errors in their design where where you can, I mean, you can't really blame them too, too often. It's just maybe an aesthetic uh, distaste that you have for what they went for, but they totally nailed what they went for. Yeah, I, and I think we can talk about our overall impressions of the game here if if we want to, because that is basically what I was going to say, perhaps even in stronger wording than that. <laughs> there's there's a lot of games that, that just take different elements from different things and kind of put them together, and they even work if they're done well. But it's pretty rare that you see games that actually just have this one identity and every little aspect of the game from like you said top to bottom literally every single aspect matches perfectly with exactly what that identity is and here I would say I you know I'm sure the developers had one in mind but I would just call it you know being awesome in general everything is meant to do that well awesome and, and insane but 
Those two things, everything is both of them from the humor, the story, the weapons, the enemies, just the entire world. Everything you do always is awesome. And I don't think that there is any any game ever that has done that better hmm. in terms of just matching exactly what they wanted to be in every aspect of the game. So I, I don't know if, if you guys agree with that or if you think there are other games that have done that just as well. But I, I definitely think that's what makes Sunset Overdrive such a good game. It definitely was awesome. That's the word I would like to use. It sounds like I'm an old man when I use it in such context, but it legitimately is. And the thing is, is I'm not going to say there were times where I felt like it was perfectly suited or like compared it to something where they did something perfectly well. Because this as an IP felt new, refreshing, maybe because I played it late in comparison to when it launched, it felt fresh to me. It felt like something I hadn't played before. And I couldn't draw comparisons because I was too busy in ADHD mode and just going all above and beyond. For me, I just saw it as just an experience. And honestly, I actually feel like, you know, Sunset Overdrive was a game that's actually made for TA playlists. Clearly, it was an insane game focused on having a good time. And I feel like that's what we want TA playlists to really be about. If people want to do it for backlogs, that's fine. But that's at least my personal de definition of what I consider TA playlists. And the fact that it's just awesome on top of that, it's just two birds with one stone at that point. Hmm. I wanted to pull off a few more very brief quotes from people because there were a lot of comparisons being made. A lot of people were trying to piece together what they felt Sunset Overdrive is because like you guys are right, it kind of stands alone and nothing else before or since exactly feels like it. But we had some people try and I, I kind of particularly agree with one of them. Map View, or maybe it's Matthew with two Ps. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. He, he said it's Borderlands meet or, or she, he or she said Borderlands meets Jet Set Radio Future. Ken Chanaburi said Saints Row meets Mirror's Edge. And the one I agree with the most is Nate CCRN said it's Dead Rising meets Tony Hawk. And to me, that's kind of always how it felt. Certainly the, the traversal that, you know, once you get the hang of it, it just feels so good. That That's reminiscent of Tony Hawk, at least during Tony Hawk's glory days for that franchise, because those are long ago now. Seen but... some rough years, man. <laughs> yeah. And Dead Rising, you <laughs> like, know, with all like the, long you know, not everything is a weapon like in Dead Rising, but it's goofy. It's not trying to take itself seriously. It's inviting you to just have, gives you way more opportunity for fun than Dead Rising, because the early Dead Rising are kind of a pain but yeah and it does really stand alone and then one of the I, th I think this is something you'll agree with kevin uh hawkeye barry 20 who's again so someone else is with us every month it seems he he's said, a veteran yeah <laughs> he called it the best exclusive for the xbox one and i was trying to think if i agree with that it's certainly up there it, it's just for me uh i wonder if quantum break i i enjoy more which will probably be a future poll option for TA Playlist, if not the winner. Yeah, I don't know. I, I put it right up there with Quantum Break. I don't particularly enjoy a lot of the big Xbox stuff. Last year's Forza was my first Forza. I don't like Halo or Gears too much at all. So for me, it's Sunset and Quantum Break and, and maybe a few others I'm not thinking of. But if it's not the very best exclusive on the Xbox One, it's certainly among them. And, you know, like you said at the at the intro, it's one of the very few that's truly an Xbox One exclusive. Like you, you can't play it anywhere else at least right now you know if, if insomniac owns that ip maybe they'll change that some way, someday but you guys have pretty much said everything i want to say but i also just think it's so cool it, unfortunately it's a ps4 exclusive but insomniac's going from this game with its amazing traversal system to make a spider-man game for ps4 and anybody who has a ps4 who's played sunset overdrive 
have an Xbox One must be just so excited like I am to to get their hands on that because I think they're going to totally nail that in terms of accomplishing a vision. Insomniac's consistently like one of the best developers out there. And unfortunately, we miss a lot of their stuff on Xbox because for so long they didn't work with Xbox. And if Microsoft's smart, I just think there's room for a sequel for Sunset Overdrive and they should really pursue that because they've got like almost a hidden gem here that they're not taking advantage of, it seems. You know, it didn't sell well, I guess. Maybe that's why. But they, they really need to do something with this IP further, you know? On the topic of it being, you know, the best game or the best Xbox exclusive, I don't think that that's true. In fact, I don't even think, I think it's the number three game in 2014. 2014 being one of my favorite years ever. It also had Titanfall and also Forza Horizon 2, both of which I think are better games. But those two are, are both games that would be in my top five ever. And Sunset Overdrive would definitely be in my top 10 if if I were going to do a list, which I'm not. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is like that year in 2014, I was thinking like, this isn't really fair to rank Sunset Overdrive as third best because any other year, 2015, 2016, and so far in 2017, Sunset Overdrive is better than anything that released in those years, except for Forza Horizon 3. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's a fantastic game. And really, I, I agree. I wish that there was more. I'm definitely going to play that Spider-Man game. I normally wouldn't want to touch it. But after playing Sunset Overdrive and seeing what Insomniac can do, I just think it's it's really going to work. And it's probably going to be a fantastic game. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to play that Spider-Man game solely because Sunset Overdrive is awesome. And I do, you know, even more so than Alan Wake, which I know you also just really want a sequel to, that Microsoft is is just sitting on you never get the, it, man. this property. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not ever going to get Alan Wake and we're probably not ever going to get Sunset Overdrive 2 either, which is, is really too bad because this game is just so fantastic. And I wish that we would because it deserves it, really. I mean, it's it's just a masterpiece, to be perfectly honest. And if, if for some reason someone's listening to this and they haven't played the game, you should definitely play it. If you've got friends that haven't played it, you should really force this upon them because <laughs> they're going to enjoy it and <laughs> it's going to be a good time. So that's that's basically my thoughts on like. Well, there was, there was no doubt what Insomniac can do if you've played Spyro, Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll love Games Spyro. like this. I love Spyro, so you know. <laughs> and I'm a little I'm a little salty because I don't have a PlayStation anymore, so I, I won't be able to play this Spider-Man game, but I will have, go to friends' houses and harass them to get it. And <laughs> that's going to be my experience with it. I refuse to think that they're a bad developer or anything along those lines. They've been around for 20 plus years. They know what the hell they're doing. And um, Sunset Overdrive, though it isn't my favorite Xbox One exclusive, because there's not even that many Xbox One exclusives, <laughs> it's definitely up there. Top three. I'd probably put it number two just because I'm a little Halo fanboy, but I definitely, it's a blast. And this, this is something that I, I was so far has been my favorite game to play on TA playlist. I need a sound here. I'm going to add like a good like siren sound post edit, but... <laughs> Like, hopefully people can see why this was one of my favorite games to play so off a playlist so far. You know what you were getting as soon as you played the first 10 minutes of it. I mean, I, I guess I said the same thing with Darksiders, but it, it only gets 10 times in zanier from there. And if that's the type of content you like, and if you know Insomniac, because Insomniac is known to break the fourth wall, and it's been doing it for years and years, you know what you're going to get in terms of writing, too. So, in Sunset Overdrive, my second favorite Xbox exclusive, number one favorite TA playlist so far. But that can change. Cool. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Together we'll take Fizco down. Or we won't. But we'll get some wicked respawn animations. Who's with me? For Vagarthia. For the Oxfords. For Troop Bushido. Para los niños. For the footage. For each other. 
let's move on though and you know talk about the achievements our experiences as well as you know the communities in general and we'll also talk about collectibles here because i know that's a sticking point in every game and here they were they were a bit different in some ways on a personal level i already came into this with all of them and i had started playing again on a separate account but i found that i was really frustrated i didn't have all my weapons so i ended up just going through the missions on my main account and replaying them i didn't actually really unlock any new achievements other than just a few because i already had them but hopefully you guys managed to to do better than than that what did you guys get you guys know or those who listen know that i i don't really focus too much on achievements and same applies here i put 12 hours into sunset overdrive no shame and 18 out of 64 achievements so basically around 28 percent. i'm not content with that because i feel like there's more i can do but I can't see myself jumping back, at least right now. This is going to sit in the backlog and hopefully when the time's right, because I, I really do want to finish it and continue to get all the achievements. Though, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't want to deal with collectibles. There's collectible achievements, I'm assuming, right? There's a there, ton, yeah. There are, but we're, we're going to talk about that. It's it's not as bad as you think. I, I, listen, I don't like collectibles. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mess with I, them bad boys. I, I will say that every time I've ever been asked to do one of those little polls that Mark puts up about uh, what do you hate about achievements? Collectibles are the top of my list. I hate them. I, I hear it wasn't it, that it, bad. It shouldn't. Listen, I don't, I don't know why I'm going and getting freaking toilet paper and stuff on lines. So maybe I'll do it. Maybe if I really want the completion. But I'm one of I, I'm, I, I'm those gamers that if I finish the game and I really care for it, I'll sweep up the achievements. I'll do the cleaning. I had the intention to initially, but, you know, the alphabet challenge happened and it just the list didn't mash well. But <laughs> maybe in the future. I thought when, when this game was voted as the winner that I'm, I, I would consider completing the list and kevin said i should and i i never really committed to it but i was like i envisioned it as a a, a real possibility and then i revisited the list and what i was missing and i was like mm, it's it's not going to happen in all honesty <laughs> like complete did the dlc affected the gold or, what's that did the dlc affect it because there was additional stuff there um i don't have the dlc yet so see that's why i didn't do it either yeah i i, I kind of want to get it um it was on sale recently but i know i didn't grab it either yeah i think it was like the only time ever it was on sale to it so i probably should have done it like so out of the game's base 64 achievements i came in to playlist having played it once and unlocking 35 of them but during the month i only unlocked an additional four <laughs> which was like still the five higher than me <laughs> yeah i guess because i did like all the side missions or maybe there's some stuff attached to that i don't remember from last year but i still look at it as a game i want to complete someday but i just don't know with the amount of reviews we're always tasked with and you know there's always a million other games that we all have in our backlogs that's part of the inspiration for playlist you know I, I don't know if i ever truly will we didn't even touch on the multiplayer yet actually i, I wasn't even able to play any of the multiplayer all, all month i Same just remembered here, it exists and there's some achievements attached to that as well that i haven't been able to do well you should have just uh, joined my session which was yesterday and you would have gotten all four oh, of them. don't pity us and, don't uh, make us feel bad that we have was, lives. Yeah, i wasn't around although that does sound <laughs> um nice that I, I, you guys well not you had already had them but anybody who joined was able to grab those that's that's a good deal actually we didn't get one of them but we, we just ran out of time and that's okay. Well, it's not okay for the people that didn't have it, but <laughs> it's okay for me. Uh, but on the topic of those collectibles, I think Betasig pointed out something that I do agree with. Last month in Darksiders, everyone was complaining with Darksiders about how they had to go and level up all their weapons and they had to go and backtrack and find all of these different collectibles. And in Sunset Overdrive, you do that, both of those two things, and 
and they're objectively more time consuming to do. It just takes a lot longer, no matter how you choose to do it realistically. Because the game is more fun, I think it's not as much of a problem. You didn't really see people complaining about having to do that. Sunset Overdrive has like six or 700 collectibles, yeah. which seems like it would be like the worst thing in the world. And Darksiders only had like 50 and, and everyone was complaining about that. I was reading through the forums and, and maybe Mark has this. I, I don't know who said it, but they said that they thought the reason for that is that Sunset Overdrive's collectibles are kind of just all around you and they don't really require any backtracking. Whereas for Darksiders, you'd have to, you know, return to an area that wasn't really in your way at all and just walk to that specific collectible all the way back through the level. And so, it, you know, it was just frustrating to have to, the only reason you were going back was to get the collectible. Whereas in Sunset Overdrive, you know, it's it's an open world, so it's a bit different, but I've, I feel like it wasn't as big of a deal to just move around the map and get them. And for me, I, I had got the vast majority of the collectibles just regularly playing because they were just there. There was incentive to get them. They weren't pointless and they were easy to find. You just bought the little map and went on your way. As you're skating along and you see one, you know, off on the mini map or something, you just walk over there and get it. So it made it pretty easy and tolerable to get all of them. And I, I think that that worked really well. As far as the weapons, those were grindy also. And I don't really have an excuse for that other than to say <laughs> Darksiders weapons weren't very fun to use. Sunset Overdrives are. So it, it wasn't as bad. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to add, I, I actually do have that quote. You paraphrased it well enough that we don't have to read it verbatim again. But um, I just wanted to give that person their credit. His or her gamer tag is Chris Lemspa. And I, I haven't seen... Chris Lemspa in the forums with us before, so he or she joined us for the first time. Well, uh, welcome. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that was his or her quotation regarding the failures of Darksiders to properly imp- implement collectibles and the successes of Sunset. And you're exactly right, both of you are rather, that it's uh, it's because Sunset Sunset's collectibles play precisely to its own strengths, you know? Like nothing in that game keeps you coming back more than the way you move around the city and jump from, from structure to structure. And to get all the collectibles, if you're going to be a completionist you only just have to take advantage of doing that really fun thing a lot longer it's so much more tolerable than than even alan wake because alan wake had you searching as well so certainly in that regard it's it's <laughs> alan wake's collectibles were not fun. Yeah, mo- yeah well <laughs> more, more so than alan wake is a very low bar <laughs> jesus christ i mean it, well, not I would, to would, alan wake generally but those collectibles were not fun to find well, yeah i say that because i would put i would rather do alan wake's collectibles than darksiders collectibles but um that's that's true <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Sunset leaps clear over them and air dashes to an air fan. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Done. It's just, just moving around. <laughs> so as, as far as the macro stats go, last month we had a really, really good month. I think we had something close to, or maybe even over 5,000 players started the game of Darksiders, and that was way more than Alan Wake's 1,000. This month, you know, we didn't quite hit that mark, but we still did a lot better than Alan Wake. So, you know, Playlist is still doing really well. Uh, we got 2,000 starters here. I think the difference is that Darksiders was a game most people hadn't really played, whereas Sunset Overdrive was a really huge exclusive, mm-hmm. so it got more play in the first place. And then Darksiders was Games with Gold like the month before, so everyone hadn't even got time to start it yet. So going over the rest of the stats, though, they're they're all going to follow the same trend of being less than Darksiders and more or less twice as much as Alan Wake, except for one of them. Starters for Sunset Overdrive, who played it for the first time, we had about 16,000 achievements unlocked, which is actually about the same amount as Alan Wake despite having twice as many starters. Mm. I, I thought that was interesting and, and I didn't really analyze the list. I assume Alan Wake's is just easier and you probably unlock more along the way. It's interesting that twice as many people still got the same amount of achievements. Mm. So, you know, that that was interesting. And then and then 
there was 320,000 gamer score unlocked, which is pretty good relatively compared to Darksiders. Like I said, Darksiders had, I guess, two and a half times as many players, and it also had about two and a half times as much gamer score unlocked. So I guess it's about the same. And then 660,000 TA score, roughly, which is, you know, of course, the proprietary scoring system that True Achievements uses if you're not on the site, which you should be. So, you know, overall, I, th- I think that we had a, a lot of good participation this month and a lot of people clearly, you know, jumped in. I'm sure that Sunset Overdrive would have not had 2,000 players if not for a playlist. So, you know, this is working and you know, I, that's that's always good. <laughs> and, and I liked seeing, you know, all these, all these people coming and, you know, clearly getting to enjoy such a fantastic game. So I thought, I thought that was really good. So do you guys have any closing comments about the achievements or really anything else before we wrap it up here? For me, it's just spring on Spider-Man. I'm, I'm ready for more from, from this team. I'm lucky enough to have a PS4, so I'm going to dive into that as soon as it's available. Freaking show off in the PlayStation 4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess for me, it's just keep keep at it. Improve on the formula if you can. I don't think there's nothing really wrong with it, but you know, it's always good to be innovative. So hopefully, I mean, I won't be able to play it, but the Spider-Man game will have less collectibles. I don't care how easy they are to find. <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure they know what they're doing. So I'll go back to the achievements. Long story short, just when I have time. What we yeah. what we need is for Microsoft to figure out what they're doing and make a sequel. If if Insomniac can make time for it, Microsoft should uh should find the it money. It may be for one it. of those games that are like like movies, like they're cult classics. They didn't do well. Who knows if they'll do well if they tried again? Does it have that big of a following? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know either, and it, it probably doesn't, but, you know, it, it is good PR to create games that are just for the fans. Sony does that yeah, all the time. They seem to Sony's be doing pretty well. <laughs> so, you know, you, you get all the hardcore gamers on your side, and that positive word of mouth carries over to the casual players. So, uh, you know, I, uh, we don't need to get into that. But the, <laughs> the point is that just because it's a cult classic doesn't mean it doesn't need a sequel and that Microsoft wouldn't strongly benefit from one. So it, it's possible, is all I'm saying. Hopefully, True that. Microsoft Microsoft has said, you know, year after year that they hear the exclusives, but I think that complaints about that are ringing louder than ever nowadays, especially after the last E3, which had almost none. You know, hopefully they they are taking that seriously. You know, Insomniac is almost done with Spider-Man, so presumably they will be open again, and hopefully they will have something for us. Yeah. Uh, You know, that match will be ready, and we can we can get another. That'd be great. Let's let's move on to to next month. All right. So so next month we got we had four games to choose from. Like always, we had Destiny. Which I really pushed for, not because I particularly wanted to play it, and I don't. I just felt like it's something that we should offer up at least once. And once Destiny 2 comes out, no one is ever going to want to play Destiny. (laughs) So this basically, you know, the only chance it would have ever had. It got fourth place. Message was received loud and clear. We are never going to play Destiny. So you know, don't expect that one to come back. I'm sorry if you were really a fan of that. Next up was Assassin's Creed 2, which I was actually surprised it only got third. I I thought this was going to win. uh, Yeah, I think. I think everybody had already played it is uh, part of the problem. Killing me, so guys. I, that's actually the one that I voted for, so I was disappointed with that as well. Second place was Life is Strange, which means it will return next month and hopefully lose because I don't want to play that game again. And then... <laughs> I want to be a teenager again. The game we will be playing during the July TA playlist is going to be Shadows of Mordor, Lord of the Rings. And, you know, that game has a sequel coming out very soon, I think, in September, October. Uh, October I'm yeah. sure Mark knows. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, he was a big fan of this game. He's been pushing it for a while. And the votes this month for next month were about games that were, you know, have sequels shown at E3 that are coming this year. So all those games have sequels coming this year. And I guess Shadow of Wars is what the sequel to the Mordor one is called. And it looks really great. And I'd never played this game. You know, when I saw it at the E3 trailer, I think it was at the Microsoft conference. It just looks awesome. It's like, seriously, it looks really, really fun. So now I'm very optimistic that this game, which I know literally nothing about, is going to hopefully be good based on its sequels gameplay trailer. So uh, hopefully I won't be disappointed, uh, you know, and that some of the things that made that trailer so cool are at least a part of this first game. But I'll, I'll let Mark tell us more about it because he likes this one. I don't want to give away um, exactly how I feel about it. It's It was published by WB, which, and it's funny because I always relate it to two other WB games that were uh, recent, recently don't published. Don't say the now. name. What? Don't say Batman. Yes. Yeah. Batman is Son one. And, and, uh, and Mad Max is the other. All the, the three games, they share a lot of common uh, DNA ac- across all three of them. And yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to reveal exactly how I feel yet. Cause for some reason, I think, I feel like that's a spoiler <laughs> for the next show. But uh, if, if you like Batman, uh, the Arkham series from Rocksteady, or if you liked Mad Max, which I'm going to push for, for a future playlist poll. Hell um, no. <laughs> Please. They have achievements where it's like one, two. Oh, like, that's why do I want to achievement with like two those. fucking points? Ah, <laughs> people don't like those. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> but it's actually kind of easy. It's relatively easy to round it back out. We, we can, we can discuss that off the air, but, but yeah, if, if, if you haven't played uh, Middle Earth, Shadows of, Shadow of Mordor, but you ha- maybe have played the Batman games, which are overall more popular, definitely join us for Mordor next month because it has a lot in common with both that and kind of Assassin's Creed. So it's got some mass appeal, even if you're not a Lord of the Rings fan. I'm not. And well, I guess now I'm, that was almost a spoiler, but <laughs> I'm not a Lord of the Rings fan and I still enjoyed this game. I'll just say that. Well, Will, Will you've been awfully quiet. Why don't you tell us what <laughs> you think about Shadows of Mordor? Because, uh, you know, hopefully it's going to be something very positive. It's something. <laughs> no, uh, uh, Mark knows how I feel about it. And to not give too much away, I've had experience with the title, nothing extreme. And I like aspects of it. I don't want to get too detailed. There's parts where I saw it and I, I think I like where it's going. There's also parts where I'm just like, I don't know if I'm really feeling the story at the moment. So I'm going to have mixed expectations. How I feel at the end, I can't say for sure if that's going to be the concrete answer until I actually complete the game. So we'll find out on next month's episode. All you listeners, it sounds like you're going to just have to watch next month if you want to hear what they think about We're it. We're dangling, they're man. They're keeping it secret. And <laughs> Come get it. You want to know the secret. It's almost like we want you to continue to listen. <laughs> yeah, it, there's no like bait dangling in front of you. Don't get me wrong. But it, you know, if, <laughs> if you want to find out about it, you have to listen next month. I'm sorry. It's just the way it, it works. It's just designed that way. So <laughs> with, with that said, I think we are are done for, with Sunset Overdrive. It's been a great month and hopefully next month will be just as good. Mark, why don't you do this plug because I don't know where you subscribe or watch this at all. So oh, He's oh. like a grandma. He doesn't know. <laughs> I, I don't understand all these like iTunes things. What the hell's an iTunes? Oh, it's a Google Play. <laughs> what's, what's an iTunes? <laughs> well, well, yeah, just before we sign off, I did have t- two more quick comments. One regarding Mordor, if you're going to play next 
month and maybe you already played and aren't motivated unless there's more achievements to be had the game of the year edition does stack so check that out you can get another full thousand or at least a whole bunch more achievements based on how committed you are really by the way and as far as that goes that means at least one person gave it game of the year so it, it is hopefully at least a, a promising game otherwise I don't know. it I, wouldn't have a game of the year i think edition. a long time ago i think it was two worlds two released a game of the year edition and they received no game of the year awards that year <laughs> so uh, you know they received it from one of their developers they really enjoyed it or maybe his mother you know it was like you know johnny uh, you, good you boy did, johnny you with the game really this is the only game i've ever played it's also the best game i've ever played <laughs> It's it's my game of the year because you are my son of the year, and so you know what? Kevin, stop talking. Mark, keep going. Well, and the other thing, this is only our third show now. We keep, uh, I, I, at least I keep remembering things that I wanted to do in the last show and I've forgotten until now. And the example this month is basically to ask that you guys help us out by, you know, subscribing to the show so you, they auto download to your device of choice. If you're listening via iTunes, certainly consider rating and, and giving us a sh- even just a brief review on there. It'll help us climb the charts, find more people to join TA, find more people to join our forums on the, on the playlist hub, find more people to play with, boost them. Those stats. At this point, I'm I'm wondering if we'll ever approach the numbers that Darksiders set. That's kind of like a, a massive precedent that I'm trying to see if, if we can surpass in any future show at all. And maybe if you guys rate and review us and help us become famous. No, not that. But just how about the show? It, it, it's a community show. It's it's driven by community. Let's let's expand the community. Maybe uh, if you're interested in, in doing that, it'll only take a moment. Seriously, please do. We are already famous because we're news hounds, so it really isn't about that. It's just about. We want to make as many people able to enjoy this as possible. So any support you can give us in terms of clicking the subscribe button, we appreciate it. Every review comes with a personal message from me. That. Just tell me your gamer tag and I got you. <laughs> That's true. Will will send you a personalized message if you tell him that you have subscribed. So Bruce Wayne 1008. Uh, send out, yeah, it's not seven, it's eight. Yes. It's the eighth one. It's digital. I get anything physical. One. Free yeah, hugs digitally. It, so with that, I, I think we are done. So, you know, thank you for joining us everyone and we hope to see you next month with Shadow of Mordor.